I want to start off today by sharing a few thoughts that God put into my heart as we are moving into 2024. And, and there's a few words that he spoke to me for our church, for you as, our, as a people here. First of all, God told me this, for that we need to be prepared. Or I would say this to get ready, because I believe this, this year in 2024, God is about to do some big things. And I want to, to, in order to be ready and to be prepared for what God wants to do, I believe that each and every one of us has to let go of last year's disappointments. Who had some disappointing things in your life last year? You'd be, if you're honest about it, I know there are some things that I'd hoped for, I didn't see. We got to let go of those. We got to let go of old paradigms. The, the Bible says that, he, that new wine cannot go into new wineskins, that we have to be ready to see God from a different perspective, okay? Secondly, I believe God's saying for this year that we need to show up. And what I mean by that, community us coming together is going to be more important than ever. I believe that as we come together, we're going to see an acceleration and an enlargement of what God has planned in our lives. A certain revelations and blessings are only going to come as we gather together, as we're together. We have to understand this, that God thinks community even before individuals. I know that's a hard thing for sometimes for us to say. Number three, speak faith. Speak faith. Trust him regardless of what you see. Speak to your situations. Declare what God has put in your heart. Declare it as if it is there. And then number four, and this is a common one that I believe we all just have to continue to dig in a little bit more. Obey God and his word. Faith is measured by our obedience to God and his word. I just want to encourage you with that, uh, to, to those things, to be prepared, to show up, to speak faith and obey God. Those are keys for 2024. Can you receive that today? Hallelujah. I want to encourage you as well. Tonight is our last night of mega prayer. I know it's cold. I know it's a, it's a challenge, but I want to encourage you. Bring yourself, bring your family if you can. Uh, we had a great time Friday night at Center Street Church, uh, uh, praying together with other people in our city. It was a wonderful time. It was excellent. And then last night we had a great gathering uh, for the people that came. It was, it was powerful. Uh, I, I, I want to say this. I'm using the word fire. It was straight fire. I'm kind of going along with the cold stuff here, but it was excellent. And uh, I, I want to encourage you to come if you can, if it's possible, join with us. I believe we're going to see God even speak to us about more things. Well, today I'm going to start with a scripture as, we, as I'm in this season called turnarounds. I believe that 2024 is a year of turnarounds, that we're in a season of turnarounds. And here's a word that I believe is not that God not only spoke for me, but it's for each and every one of you. And it's in Isaiah 43, verse 19. It says, for I, and this is God speaking, I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I will create rivers in a dry wasteland. Who here likes new things? I think we all do. <laughs> or we like the thought of new things. That is until it challenges, listen to this, our old way of thinking. <laughs> I've learned that. I, I, I always think like, you know what? I want to do things new. And all of a sudden, uh, 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 the opportunity to do those things comes into my world, in my life. And I'm like, that's great. But now I have to do some things differently or change how I see things. I'm not always ex as excited about that. 
I'm not always as uh, receptive to that as I probably should be. And here's what I hear God speaking to us. He's about to do something new. The better interpretation for us would be, I'm about to do something different. Not different for God, not different for him, because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's who he is. But it's going to be different for us or, or as we have seen or experienced before in our own lives. See, God says, I'm going to make pathways or roads in the wilderness. Other translation says uh, in the desert. Or I'm going to make rivers or streams in the wasteland. You see, I believe what God is really speaking to us. He says, it's that we need to allow him to do things his way. Break him out of the box that we sometimes put him in. Well, you know, if God's really talking to me, this is what he's going to say. Or if God's going to, is, is, is for me, he's going to answer my prayers this way. You see, we all have these presuppositions of how we think God is going to do things. And I believe as we hear God say, I'm about to do something new, something new for us, we have to be prepared to say, God, you can do it however you want to do it. Why? Because he's God. <laughs> We're not. See, he wants to do things his way. I believe he's going to move in areas, in situations, in places that will not make sense to you. But it will be amazing and confirm that he is God. I'm going to say that again. He's going to move in areas, in situations, in places that may not make sense to you, but will be amazing and confirm that he is God. And so we got to determine in, in our own minds to let go of preconceived ideas and be prepared for amazing things in places maybe we don't expect. It's not that he will do it, but he's already begun to do it. Why? Because that's what he's determined he's going to do. So 2024, a season of turnarounds. I remember when I was... I received my driver's license. I was 16 years old. And I thought I was pretty hot stuff. I mean, hey, your guy, I had a, a car that I was allowed to drive and I kind of took it as my own, as a lot of young men do. But I thought everything was awesome. Everything was cool about me. I, I, I say this except the car that I drove was a 78 white Datsun station wagon. Hey, when it's your first car, it's the first thing you get to drive. You're just happy that you have something to drive. Now, I thought it was so amazing that I, that I could do nothing better in my life until the day, I mean, I thought I was so good at it, until the day I went downtown to deposit some money at the local bank. It was back in the day where, uh, and especially because I grew up in the States, everything used to be drive-through banking where I, where I grew up. And so it was a sunny day. It was awesome. I had the windows down. The radio was playing my favorite song. And in my state of happiness, I'm not sure how I missed the sign, but somehow in that blissful moment, my happiness turned into sheer terror when I turned the wrong way down a one-way street. I don't know if you've ever done that. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but it will put the fear of God in you. And I don't know what was more shocking, the, the look of uh, confusion and terror on the grandmother's face as I came towards her, or the blaring horns and the angry words that were coming from the onslaught of cars as they tried to avoid me. Even though the whole experience only lasted for about a minute, it felt like an eternity before I could pull off the road 
to save my car and hopefully salvage a little bit of my pride that I had left. I believe this. Many of you feel like some things in your life have been going in the wrong direction. And you don't know exactly how to get things turned around. Today I'm going to share with you what I believe is a a key for getting things turned around in your life. You see, we're going to make 2024 a year of change and transformation. You see, when I was a kid, I could easily get distracted in school and to all my ADD and ADHD brothers and sisters out there, I salute you. I was one of those kids that just struggled to be able to focus in class. And I remember the, the teachers thought it would be a great idea. The way that they thought they would cure this in my life was that they would sit me in the front row. That is until they realized that I would just turn around and talk to the person or the people right behind me. And I would remember this all the time. I'd always be, hey, Todd, hey, Todd. You need to quit distracting people. You need to turn around. Now, most of us desire, I believe, some sort of change in our lives, or we want to see some changes. We want to become more successful. We want to end some old habits and begin new ones. Maybe some of you are looking for to move in a whole nother direction in your life. Maybe there's a career change that you feel like you need to make. Or maybe there's just some things that you really feel like you radically know that things are not right and you need to move in a whole nother direction. However, I believe this, most of us become stuck because we don't have the resolve or the understanding of the principles of turnaround. You see, to move forward requires, this is going to sound strange, it's going to sound like it's an opposite here, to move forward requires that we turn around or that we move in a new direction. And I want to start off by reading a scripture in Acts chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. It says this, now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment, or other translation of scriptures will say, refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will again send Jesus, your appointed Messiah. See, I love these verses because not only does it come with a promise, but it has an action plan. He says, here's what I believe that we want, we desire. Most of us would like to see more refreshing or blessing or a touch of God in our lives or those around us. But here's what God is speaking. Here's what, 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 what Jesus was, was sharing. But I want you to do something first. I want you to repent. You see, we desire the refreshing and the good things from God. But many times we feel to understand that first God demands a change or for us to begin to turn around. Now let's talk about repentance. <laughs> now some of you are like, oh dear. Is it going to be one of those heavy messages today? Well, Some people get stuck because repentance feels like such a heavy spiritual word such as sanctification or transmutation that that come from a spiritual language that most of us don't speak in our regular day-to-day operation. Or we, we tend to look at it as a language that is spoken by really spiritual people so that they can look down on the rest of us as lowly sinners Simply repentance just means this. It means to turn around. Repentance means to move in the opposite direction. 
It means that if there's some things in my life and, I, and I'm wanting to make a difference, I'm heading in a certain direction, I'm heading this way, that, that in order for me to see the change happen, that I actually have to change the way that I'm going, the way that I'm, I'm moving, the way that I'm living, the way that I'm doing things. You see, a, in the, a writer in Christianity Today said this, repentance is a change of mind that leads to a change of actions. And here's what we have to understand, that repentance is more than a prayer, but an actionable decision led by prayer to change where you are and how you are living. Now, let me make this more practical. I can have a plan and and a desire this year to lose some weight. I may want to do that. Now, I can pray about it and I can pray for it. But who here knows it's not going to change my situation as far as losing weight. But to, you see, to lose weight requires a, a change in probably my diet or, or exercise or other habits. I'm going to make it more spiritual level. Maybe my desire is I want to stop gossiping. I, I know that I've got a problem where I, I talk about people. I shouldn't do it. I know that God's been speaking to me about it. Now, this is hypothetical. It could, you know, okay. But here's the reality. Until I commit to change, which is what? Speaking differently. God, would you help me speak differently? Hanging out maybe with some different people. You know, if you just hang out with people that are constantly talking about other people, it's going to be hard for you to change this area in your life. They're going to influence you. You're going to influence them. You're not going to help each other. Maybe the change that needs to happen is you need to start reading and meditating on the Bible, the words of God. What does the word of God say? And other possibilities. You see, this is where you will turn around if you add those things. You can't just say, God, help me. And God's like, okay, I've given you tools. I've given you people. Now let's go do it. You see, this is going to maybe mess with some of your theology today. I believe this, forgiveness is instantaneous. When we ask God to forgive us, we're forgiven. Stop, point. There's no, there's no other things here. It's not like we have to beg, plead, borrow. But for change and transformation in our life, family, or church requires that we move in a different direction. Do you understand? There's got the things that God does in there, there's things that he requires that we do. It requires a turning away or a change of direction or a turning towards. And here's the reality when it comes to seeing change or turnaround is it's not usually easy and it can sometimes be a bit messy and it's not usually fast. (laughs) We don't like to hear it, but it's the truth. See, there's a church mindset that everything's in our lives should be instantaneous. But many times, things like change come through a process. It's why Paul says in Philippians 2.12, we are to work out our salvation daily. Or what he's really saying is that the working out the fruits of our salvation is a process or a life that is changing. It's a life that is allowing God to continually work on us and change us. It's a process. It's day by day, step by step. As I say, God, I want to live for you. I want to live like you. Will you continue to change me? And I got to continue to walk towards him and allow him to move me towards those things that make me become more like him. Does that make sense? You see, too many times we're just like, 
I, I just, if I just pray harder, I pray more. But we can pray without a desire to change. <laughs> you see, sometimes people think that prayer is just a magic wand. God is somehow going to wave a magic wand and just fix everything. But yet we are not willing to change our decisions, the way that we live, the way that we do things. See, repentance is a change in the way we think so that our actions, so that we move in a different direction. And because you are working out your salvation, as Paul says, it doesn't mean that you're not saved. It just means that you're allowing God to work or do the work of transformation in all areas of your life. Now, many believe if we beg for it, he should hear our desire and move on our behalf because of the intensity of our asking. Sometimes we think if we just yell louder, repeat the request with intensity, or pray for more hours. I I hate to tell you this, but if you're not willing to allow God to change how you live, the way that you move, you're just doing fruitless efforts. See, God does not work like that. The intensity of our prayers, listen to this, our tears, even our faith declarations, declarations don't move him to release his favor and his blessing. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't press into God, but pressing into God without a willingness to change is fruitless. See, God waits for repentance. He waits patiently. And you have to understand this because God sits in a place where he sits outside the realm of time and he lives in eternity. He has all day, so to speak. He will outlast you if you think your persistence will weaken him. I have a chihuahua. She's five and a half pounds. She was five pounds at one time, but she's been spoiled a little bit. And she just believes that she can work, work, weaken me, which she does, to get more treats or to get more, more pets or more of these things. But God isn't like, he doesn't work like that. You see, God says, look, I want to bring refreshing. I want to bring blessing. I want to, I want to give you things. But first, first things first, I want you to turn towards me. And not just turn towards me with a, a quick, hey, God, would you just help me? But no, I want to see you say, you know what? I'm determining in my heart, in my mind, in my spirit, God, for you to be able to change me. I saw this saying from an unknown author, repentance is not when you cry. Repentance is when you change. You see, it's not just getting rid of the guilt. Some people just want to say they're sorry to God because they don't want to feel guilt anymore. But God's saying, I want to see you change. Now we see this example. There's a story, in the, a great story in the Bible about repentance. And it's the story of a tax collector, maybe you've heard this, named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus had a life-changing encounter with Jesus. I want to read just the story of Zacchaeus here in Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. It says, And Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town, and there was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he'd become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was 
too short to see over the crowd. So we ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name, Zacchaeus! He said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today for this man has showed himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. You see, we have to realize this, that in biblical times, we maybe even feel this in modern times, tax collectors were some of the most despised people in the Bible. They were despised for good reason, for they made their wages by extorting extra money from the people, robbing from everyone, especially those who could not afford it. You see, the government turned a blind eye to how much they stole from the people as long as they received their required compensation. In Jewish culture, to associate with them was equal to hanging out with prostitutes, lepers, thieves, and other sinners. The Bible says that Zacchaeus was not only a tax collector, but he was the chief tax collector. He oversaw the other tax collectors. And he had become very, very rich. Probably didn't have a lot of friends because everybody he hung out with, he was robbing from. And so he'd become rich by skimming and taking money from not only his people, but the other tax collectors. Now, we don't know whether he was curious about Jesus' popularity or if he was dealing with some feelings of guilt. But what we do know is that he climbed a sycamore tree to catch a glimpse of Jesus. And as Jesus was walking by, he calls Zacchaeus' name and requests to meet with him in his home. I want to say this to everybody that's here today. I want you to understand this, that no matter where you're at, no matter what's going on in your life, Jesus knows your name. Jesus knows you. He knows where you're at. He knows where you're living. He knows what's going on in your world. And here's what we see from this story, that as Zacchaeus goes to look for Jesus, Jesus sees him and he says, not only did he call him by name, but he said, I want to come and meet with you. I want to come to your home and meet with you. And I believe this today, that Jesus doesn't just call you, but he desires to meet you right where you're living right now. That Jesus has a desire to connect with you. And the Bible says that when this encounter happened, that something changed in Zacchaeus' life. That That he had a turnaround, or what we would call repentance. How do we know this? Because he makes a promise to Jesus. He says, look, Jesus, because of you, because of what I understand about myself, because I see what is going on in my life. I don't want to live like this anymore. 
I don't want to be the same man that I've been before. He says, look, I'm going to give half of my wealth to the poor and the needy. You see, there was a change, not just a, a, I'm sorry, not just a, would you forgive me? But there was a change in the way that he was going to live. And then he goes on to say, look, for whoever I've cheated, I'm going to repay them four times what I took from them. Now we look at this story and sometimes we go, oh yeah, he could do that. But you have to understand, he was willing to change whatever it took. He was willing to turn around and change his life. He had wealth, he had money, he had influence. And he said, you know what? Jesus, that's not working. And maybe today, as you're in this place, I believe that God is here for you. You see, because Jesus said to him, salvation has come to his home today. I believe this when we truly encounter Jesus, change happens. It's not that it may happen. It's not that it could happen. It's not that it might happen. Change happens. When we repent, turnaround begins in our lives, in our families, in our church, in our communities, in our nation. Because here is the great thing. And when we say, God, would you change me? I want to become Jesus more like you. You see, well, the change doesn't just impact your life. The change impacts everyone around you. You want to make a difference in the world? Say to God, God, today I want to make sure that every part of my life I'm living for you. Lord, if there's things that aren't right, I want to turn around. I repent today, Father. And I'm determining in my heart to make a change. You see, repentance is not only the first step for turnaround, but it is a springboard for refreshing, restoration, and release of blessing. Oh. And I say this, these blessings are not just hopia, but they are promises from God. You can take God's promises to the bank. So I believe this as we are launching into 2024, we've already started. I believe that for many of us, for those of us that are here, it's a time for a change in direction. It's time for some things to turn around. I believe this, it's time for the people of God to be the people of God in attitudes and actions. I believe it's time for promises to become reality and for the kingdom of God to be released on the earth. It's time for us to stop playing church, but to be the church so that lives will be changed, so that we can see Jesus come and make a difference, not only in our life, but in the lives of everyone around us. It's time for true repentance to transform us into the image and likeness of who Jesus is. I say this not in a waste place of judgment, but I believe this is the key to freedom in our lives. This is the key to experiencing the full measure of what God has for us. And I'm not here to hype you into an experience today because God is not looking for emotion. But today is an opportunity to make a firm decision to allow God to change you, to choose his way instead of the ways of the world. But it requires a decision, a turnaround. We've heard this scripture many of us many times. Ezra, the exiled priest in Babylon, writes in 2 Corinthians 7, 14, then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray 
and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. That's the word repent. It's the same word. I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. I declare today in this place, in this gathering, I declare healing in the name of Jesus. I declare that restoration will be released, that relationships will begin to be healed. I declare for hope to come into each one of your hearts. I declare a release of everything that God has. I declare blessing. And so here's what I want us to do. I want to invite people today as we close off our time. If you believe and realize that you need some things to turn around in your life, you're looking and you're examining and you're like, I am tired of being stuck. I don't want to live another day, another moment, another month, another year in the place where, where I'm just kind of continuing on the same path. I need some change. I'm desperate for some change in my life. And I'm saying, God, whatever it takes, I'm willing to do it. And so I'm going to come forward as an act of worship today as a declaration of saying, God, even I want to repent where I need to repent. I want to invite you to come forward here this morning. I want to invite you to come to the front and join me because I'm down here with you. I'm saying there are some things in my world, some things in my life that aren't where they should be, but I need more of Jesus. I need more of God. I need God to help me. I need to say, God, I'm not willing just to continue to go the way that I've gone, hoping that things will, will, will just somehow change or, or disappear. But Jesus, I'm making the stand with you to say, God, touch my life. Save me. Help me to turn around. Help me to live differently than I've lived before. Help me to make different decisions, different choices, because Jesus, I need more of you. Oh, Father God, where you see our cry? Lord, touch your people today. Touch your people today, Jesus. Do a greater work inside of us, God. Do a greater work inside of us. Do a greater work inside of us. Father God, we ask you today, Jesus. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit.